Hey there, everybody. Just wanted to welcome in all of our listeners to Pad the Stats, our fantasy football podcast where we cover everything fantasy football. If you have any questions following the show, please hit us up at Pad the Stats on Twitter. We're more than happy to help you out with any questions that you might have. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back in, everybody. Had the stats. We're here Wednesday, June 13th, and we're here for our second edition of our 2017 first rounders, our sophomore edition of our podcast. So last podcast, if you remember correctly, we went over the top 10 picks of the 2017 draft, and uh, I highlighted most of those guys, um, like Christian McCaffrey, like Mike Williams, uh, like Corey Davis. So today, we're going to get into the back half of back half of our sophomore class, well, at least the first round, and we're going to talk a little Pat Mahomes, we're going to talk a little bit Deshaun Watson, and then my favorite part, we're going to talk about the second-year tight ends, which I'm, I'm really excited about because if you remember, I, I posted a, um, uh, a tweet, I think it was yesterday, the day before, talking about that, and I'm, I'm just really excited to see kind of what these second-year tight ends can do because we saw what Evan Ingram could do in his first season. Uh, but we're still waiting to see more from David Njoku and OJ Howard because they, what, whatever the reason, um, you know, in Tampa, OJ Howard had Cameron Bray to work with, and in Cleveland, that offense and that team was just um, dysfunctional as a whole. So, tight end is a position that it can take a little bit for guys to step up, and maybe we'll see that out of these guys in their second season. Uh, first, we're going to get into some league news and notes, and then I'm going to go over our Twitter poll question from last night. But first, before we get into all that, I want to welcome my good friend, our fantasy analyst, and somebody that I hope to have on the show in the future as well, because he's somebody who really knows a lot about fantasy football. He makes up all of our um, Excel spreadsheets where we keep all of our fantasy data for our leagues as well. Um, somebody who uh, I lean on a lot for fantasy knowledge and, and is a really good resource. His name is Pat Cotter. And Pat, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you on tonight, buddy. Hey, man, it's good to be on. I've been listening to you for a while. And, you know, I got to say, I, list, I lean on you for fantasy advice, man, too. I remember, what, four or five years ago when you walked to me during a draft, you're like, oh, man. You know, I heard about this Josh Gordon guy. He's been balling it out in his rookie year. And I go, huh, I put that in the back of my mind and drafted him. And he ended up taking me to the championship that year. So I uh, I always got to thank you. And, uh, another one, uh, the Melvin Gordon trade that we had that two years ago, too. Right. You know, you, so you have to repay me a little bit by a little. C- coming on my show as a guest. Couldn't, I couldn't miss it, man. I, no, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Um, we, we have a lot to talk to tonight, but first, like I said, we're going to get into some of our league news and notes. So we know that uh, Andrew Luck is back on, not just back on the practice field, but he's throwing, right? So what, what does this mean for Andrew Luck in terms of the rankings, in terms of where you should be drafting him? Pat, can you tell our listeners, you know, has Andrew Luck moved up and down your board at all? Or do you still want to see more from him, you know, moving forward? Or what, kind of what, what, what's your expectations for Andrew Luck? 
I mean, it's it's kind of both. I He's moved up my board a little bit just because I've heard he's throwing, but this is what you kind of expected out of him even last year. I mean, I'm glad to hear he's throwing a football. It's you know better than him not throwing a football. So uh, he was only throwing a high school-sized football, though, so I expect him to progress. He'll move up my boards as we go through the preseason and, you know, offseason, as long sure. as he keeps progressing. I mean, if he keeps – if he – is end up playing in preseason games and plays a good uh, third preseason game. I, you know, he could be up to five, six on my board. He's just that good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's the big thing is we want to see him obviously play in a preseason game, uh, and then I think everybody can br- kind of breathe a sigh of relief once he actually does that. Okay, rest of the league news and notes. So Saints first round pick Marcus Davenport will have surgery to pair or to repair a minor thumb injury. Um, but he should be ready for training camp, so doesn't seem to be anything serious. Demaryius Thomas, who I, I don't know if you, if you remember right, Pat, it seemed like every all the time Demaryius Thomas was limping around the field last year, and it was really frustrating because I owned him, and it was like, like I feel like he took himself out of the game. It seemed like all the, at least every time, every game, at least once or twice a game, he was taking himself out onto the sideline. So he tweaked his foot during OTAs. Now I wouldn't, I don't know if it's anything serious as of right now and, and all indications say it, it's something minor, but I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Now, the other bit of news out of Denver and their receiving core, which I think is, is very, um, you know, fantasy relevant, um, is a couple of the young guys to Sean Hamilton and Cortland Sutton and not Carlos Henderson, uh, he's, he's, was their rookie last year who missed his entire rookie season with a thumb injury. Those two guys are actually working with the first team over Carlos Henderson. Now, again, it's early on, it's OTA. So what realistically, um, it's kind of tough to see. And I don't see Deshaun Hamilton necessarily competing for a ton of targets or reps in his first year. Cortland Sutton definitely could. Um, but I guess Pat, you know, if we're talking dynasty here, and you're looking at these three guys. You're looking at Carlos Henderson, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. How would you rank those guys? In what order would you draft those guys in a dynasty format? You know, I think I would actually go with um, Sutton first. I mean, I've, I've liked his talent a lot this year. I didn't really like where he fell because he's behind uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. But I feel like he long-term has good value in a – Redraft, I really wouldn't be looking to target him unless like a late round flyer. I so I'm with you on that. I would actually take I would take Sutton first, and at this point, and not just just because of the news on Henderson, I would take Hamilton second and then Henderson. Um, Henderson is somebody who's kind of uh, it, it's interesting because we don't know anything about him yet because he didn't play last year. I've heard good things about what he can do in the open field, but it's definitely if you're just kind of monitor that Broncos receiving core and just keep an eye on it. If you're in a dynasty league, I would recommend, you know, just kind of keep a close eye on that to see where, uh, kind of how that pecking order goes. Uh, Antonio Callaway, Browns wide receiver, rookie wide receiver. He missed practice. He he actually won't, um, participate at all in minicamp this week with a groin injury. Um, and I think he's somebody who needs to probably see the field fairly early and make an impression, We've heard about how athletic he is, but he's off, he's had the off-the-field issues, which kind of pushed him down a little bit. But he's from everything I've heard, he's extremely talented. Tyree Kill, ankle injury, uh, he returned to practice on Tuesday. 
Spencer Ware with that knee from last year, he participated in individual drills Tuesday as well as last week, and it looks like he could be ready for the start of the regular season. Okay, our poll question. So I posted a poll question last night, and I wanted to see, I wanted to kind of get everybody's take on which running back by committee. So we're, we're, we've come to um, kind of see this term a little bit more regularly, RBBC, running back by committee, because that's the way the league's going, right? So a lot of a lot of teams in the league are turning to two, even three running backs to uh, kind of carry the load. Now there are a few that kind of stand out above the rest, right? That have potentially three running backs who could who could have a significant role in their respective offenses. So which of these running back by committees concern you the most? I I put down the Packers, the Browns, the Colts, and the Patriots. Now some people came to me and said, you know, why didn't you have Denver in there? The reason I didn't put Denver in there, and this is my this is my take in my opinion, I don't think Devontae Booker is very good, and I think that Royce Freeman is going to eventually run away with that job as the three-down back. So we'll see. Um, I, I just don't, from what I've seen from Devontae Booker, he needs to show me more actually on the field because when he... A couple years ago, I think it was when C.J. Anderson, I think it may have been two years ago now when C.J. Anderson got hurt, Devontae Booker came in. He just didn't do a whole lot. So, uh, well, I don't know. We'll just have to see a little bit more. Anyway, the results of the poll. So Packers and the Patriots came in at the top, tied at 38%. So we know the Packers situation. Uh, they, you know, Ty Montgomery has his role carved out as the PPR guy, the pass catching back. We don't know what's going to happen with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Who's going to carry the load there? So it's a little bit concerning. The Patriots, on the other hand, it, we seem to see this story every year. So now that they drafted Sony Michelle, they have Rex Burkhead, but you know who's James White is still there. Deion Lewis left, but who's going to get the most work in that backfield? It always seems to be a different guy. Sometimes a different guy each game for them. So, Pat, I want to ask you though, what? I think you're kind of on the Packers side of this as to the, the running back by committee that kind of concerns you the most or scares you the most, or I guess at the end of the day, which one are you most unsure of? I mean, it really, to me, depends on which way you kind of attack the question. If you're asking me which backfield is most up in the air, I'd have to say the Packers. I think all three of those guys could really, you know, take over that backfield. I really like um Ty Montgomery to be catching a lot of passes and Aaron Jones I really is probably my favorite in that of those three but really any of those guys could take over if you're asking me which backfield is the biggest kind of wasteland I would say the Colts I don't really trust Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines just I don't know he doesn't I don't know I don't I've never liked to trust rookies right there away especially later round draft a rookie so I feel like the Colts are kind of could be the biggest wasteland, but Packers, I would like to get one of those lottery chips. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're going to go after any running back by committee, the Packers guys probably will bring you the most value at the end of the day. I'm hearing really good things from camp out of from Ty Montgomery, and they're still really impressed with him, and I think he's still going to have a really large role. I think people are actually sleeping on him a little bit, um, but – I agree with you there. Probably the Packers, I would say, is the most unsure, but also the most, probably the most confident about it in the fact that we we think all the all three of those guys could be very productive if they get if they get the workload or if they get time. 
Okay, so let's jump into our big, the big part of our show here. Like I mentioned, the 2017 First Rounders Part 2. Okay, so like I said, we talked about a bunch of guys on our first podcast. We talked about Mitch Trubisky. We talked about Mike Williams. We talked about Corey Davis. We talked about Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm missing a couple off the top of my head. But today, we're going to start at the number 10. So this was the number 10 pick in the 2017 draft. Patrick Mahomes. Wow. The hype on this guy is unbelievable right now. I mean, it is really through the roof. People are just so high on him thinking that, I mean, man, he could be, he's got so many weapons at his disposal. He's, they brought in Sammy Watkins. Kareem Hunt looks like a superstar. Travis Kelsey is a superstar. Tyreek Hill looks like a superstar. I mean, Pat, what do you, what do you make of Pat Mahomes? How good, how good can he be? Yep. I, I really like Pat Mahomes' talent, and I really like what he could be. Andy Reid has always been a guy who has been able to get the most out of his quarterback, so I like that about Mahomes, and it only can get better that they traded away Smith after the year he had. I know he has a high cap number coming up, but the fact that they traded him away and they're believing in Mahomes says a lot to me. The thing is, is there's so many good quarterbacks this upcoming year that I feel like He's more of a – if you're waiting till the last quarterback taken, you could take him, or he's a waiver wire guy. Just to me, he, there's so many good quarterbacks that I would much rather – there's a lot of other guys that I would rather have. Yeah, where, where do you have him in your just basic redraft standard six-point-per-passing touchdown? Like where, where do you have him in your rankings right now? For me, he's my QB17 right behind Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff. I like these guys a little bit better just because they've, you know, they've done it. Jared Goff is a, you know, a guy who I don't like as I feel like as a lot of much people, a lot of people, but I still like his talent and what it's around him. And I have, I'm pretty high on Mahomes or uh, Garoppolo this year. I think he'll have a pretty good season. Yeah, yeah, I I agree there. Um, we'll talk a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo in future podcasts as well. Pat Mahomes, I I would bring him in a little bit higher. I don't have my uh, redraft rankings quite complete yet, but I will have those complete uh, pretty soon for you. In, in terms of dynasty, he is my number nine quarterback in dynasty. Um, so i I like him. I like him quite a bit in that format in keeper formats because again, the ceiling is very high. We don't know. We just don't know yet what kind of quarterback he is. We know he has a really strong arm. He was a pitcher, and I, I think he. I think his fastball topped out in like the low 90s. So we know he has a cannon for an arm. I think his. I heard, I heard, uh, I heard a a review from, or a, uh, a report from Kelsey said that he, it was shocking how fast that Patrick Mahomes could throw the football. Yep. I heard that today too. And that's, that's, I mean, that's great and all, but let's see how, what kind of a passer he is in the pocket, how composed he is. I've heard, some things that he's really a gunslinger, um, kind of like an, a Brett Favre. I've heard those comparisons a little bit. So we'll just have to see. It's, it's, it's a lot of just speculation right now, but everything points to the fact that he, he could have a ton of upside, like I said. I, I can't say that enough because, again, the pieces around him are there for him to really succeed in this offense, and we know what Andy Reid can do with quarterbacks. He's had success He's just a good he's good head coach, and it really doesn't matter that they brought in a new offensive coordinator because it's Andy Reid's show at the end of the day. Um, okay, let's see here. So, I Pat, can you give me 
what do you think his ceiling is this year? Kind of give me his ceiling and floor. Do you have an idea of kind of um, maybe some numbers? Where do you think he can finish? Well, right now I think that he could probably be around a five, top five or seven quarterback this year if he completely blows it out of the water. I like he. I like the Sammy Watkins to Mahomes connection. You know, Mahomes is a deep ball passer. Sammy Watkins can go down the field and get it. I think that this could be a really high-flying offense if Mahomes hits a stride very well. But he could honestly be unstartable as well. They could decide to just give feed Kareem Hunt the ball and do a type of Mitch Trubisky-type offense first for this kind of guy, maybe which is a little more deep passing. He could be a guy that's just as a uh, weekly stream at best as well. So, I mean – I wouldn't take him until later on in the draft just as a streamer quarterback and just hope he hits. Yeah, so that's a good point. You know, we and it kind of plays to the point that we don't we don't know yet, right? So you're like you said, he could be a top five or seven guy if everything clicks because of all of those weapons that he has. But he also could be a guy who we stream too. ADP his current ADP is and we I have him at QB seventeen as well. That's what I'm seeing. And he's looking like he's gonna go well, it's June, so read that as much as you want, but mid-11th round as of right now. Um, Dynasty, he's going a little bit earlier, QB 12 in the early ninth round. So um, I guess, Pat, I'm just going to throw a bunch of names at you, like Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. I can't. I just don't think he's any good. Would you rather have Mahomes over him? I would much rather have Mahomes. He's probably about four or five quarterbacks above. Winston, I, I have ranked right above Mahomes. Maybe about, you know, two, three quarterbacks ahead. I like, I like Winston's talent this year. Just he's shown it. Mahomes hasn't yet. So that's my thing. I get Stafford's probably a top 10 guy for you. Oh, around Stafford's that. probably top five. He's about seven, I think, for me, actually. Okay. Yep. Trubisky. Seven. What do we think about Trubisky versus Mahomes? Who, who would you rather have there in a redraft? In a redraft? I mean, it just... To be honest, I wouldn't. I couldn't fight with either. I honestly would rather have uh, Mahomes because Mahomes, I feel like, has the better weapons around him, the more proven weapons, and the better coach. Uh, the Bears, I like their talent a lot this year, but their everything is a question mark with them. Yeah, I think so. I won't even. I just want to point something out for our listeners. Kind of the theme here is if. I, I would dra- I personally would draft Mahomes uh, and but if you're somebody who when you're in the if you're getting in the later rounds in the double digits and you know he's still there and you have kind of you have a top flight quarterback you you know you have Drew Brees you have Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers Cam Newton whoever your guy is and it's a one quarterback league you know I don't necessarily, if you want to go out and stash Patrick Mahomes on your bench, but that's probably a spot where you're going to want to go out and just get value at running back or receiver, right? I never like drafting more than one quarterback unless I got a really deep league. Like, say you're the one with the person to take Andrew Luck. I would like Matt Patrick Mahomes as a pair for that in case you're drafting early and you don't know about Andrew Luck yet. But other than that, I wouldn't want to take anybody. Sure. Yeah, so we're seeing Matt. Andrew Luck going back to him. We're seeing him going like the eighth round right now, early eighth round, which that's going to drive up because of the recent news. Um, But that's a good point. If you're getting somebody like that, who quite frankly, we're not sure if he's even going to see the field yet. We think he is at this point, but it's uh, Patrick Mahomes would be one hell of a security blanket. Assuming that again, he can 
kind of fulfill everything that we've heard about him and and succeed with uh, that offense that he has around him. Okay, on to the number 12 pick of the 2017 draft, Deshaun Watson. Um, boy, we've see, we saw everything from Deshaun Watson in year one in those, I think it was five or seven games that he played in. 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions, um, you know, 62% completion percentage, 28 throws of more than 20 yards downfield, just a little over 200 attempts. It's, that tells you that, well, and we saw it on tape, is he's really targeting Will Fuller down the field. So that the guy can really do it all. He can do it with his feet. He can throw the ball down the field. We've seen him throw the ball with some accuracy, use Lamar Miller out of the backfield. So everything points towards Deshaun Watson being a really a superstar, right? But, Pat, tell our listeners, should we pump the brakes on Deshaun Watson or should we be just as excited about him as we were before he tore his ACL last year? You know, for me, I feel like I am a guy that's not going to get many shares of Deshaun Watson, but I would like to surround myself with as many pieces around Deshaun Watson as I can. He's a guy that I feel like is going to get way too much hype in this upcoming year. Right now, I've seen him going as high as the second quarterback off the board in redrafts, and that's insane to me. I don't see how you'd want to take him over a guy like Wentz or Brady or even Wilson. I agree 100% with you. I think him he is probably my fifth or sixth quarterback, I would say, in redraft right now. I would not want to take any of those guys over him. So what you're telling our listeners, Pat, is, in the third round, you would definitely not – you wouldn't reach for – I don't want to call it a reach, but you're not taking Deshaun Watson in the middle of the third round. I wouldn't want to touch him until the late fourth. Okay. I agree. I probably wouldn't even want to take him until the fifth, possibly, because it, – it, well, it, it all depends on how your draft unfolds. So you have to be able to kind of read your draft. And that's one of the things when we played in our dynasty, when we did our dynasty draft this year – that was actually the first two-quarterback league that I played in, and it's a bit of an adjustment. So in a two-quarterback league, he's you know he's going to go a little bit higher. But even in a one-quarterback league, you still have to be able to read that, you know, how everybody else is picking. If 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 guys are, you know, kind of pushing the value in the envelope up for quarterbacks a little bit, then you know obviously follow suit. But if everything goes to plan, I don't, I wouldn't draft him in front of any of those guys. And if Andrew Luck's going to play, I would want Andrew Luck ahead of Deshaun Watson right now as well. Um, okay, so like I mentioned... That's about right where Andrew Luck falls for me. Yes. Right about... I, I would have to debate him and Watson, but that's right about that where would he be, falls yep, for me. That would be kind of me too. I'd be 5-6 for both of those guys, for sure. But I'm definitely taking Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, um, and I'm personally on the Carson Wentz bandwagon so i would want carson wentz over to sean watson too i don't know how you feel about that okay where do you have cam do you have cam newton behind those guys i don't like i you i mean you agree both on cam newton and on marcus mariota i know we're both not fans so do you do you want matt stafford over cam newton or he's right above cam newton for me right above seven okay okay that's probably i would probably stick cam newton at six or seven seven probably but Stafford would probably be right there for me yeah um so yeah like I mentioned you can probably get you can get to Sean Watson if you want because right now he's going mid third in a 12 team um 
in a dynasty, he's going mid third round and 12 team. He's, he's actually the first QB in a dynasty league, which I also disagree with. Um, but I, I look, I want to make this clear. Okay. We're not bashing Deshaun Watson. We think he's going to be really big talent. We're just saying, Hey, pump the brakes just a little bit. He's played in like a handful of games. And even though it was spectacular and we were really impressed, um, there's still a handful of quarterbacks who have done this for a number of years. And I would be willing, Pat, I know you're on board with this theory, giving, you know, going with the guys who have proven it a little bit before we go with the youngster. Oh, yeah. Like I said before, I'm more pumped about the, the players around Deshaun Watson than I am Deshaun Watson himself. Guys like Lamar Will, Lamar Miller, Will Fuller, you know, Nook, the, it, I all, I upgrade them all because Deshaun Watson in the field, but I, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson himself is getting overdrafted to me. Okay, so let's jump in to the tight end. So this is the part that, again, I, I'm really excited about because these three guys, uh, you know, Evan Ingram, we saw what he did in year one, but O.J. Howard and David Njoku, we're still not really sure. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it takes tight ends a little bit to kind of get going in their offenses. We've seen that a lot in the past, but I, I think these two guys could have a bigger role this year. The problem is, and we've seen this with, the first guy that we're going to talk about, O.J. Howard, um, he's got Cameron Brait still to deal with in Tampa Bay, and they just signed him to an extension, a five-year deal. So, Pat, what, are, are you worried about what Cameron Brait is going to do to O.J. Howard's production and possibly his targets and snap counts moving forward? I mean, I, I am. I think O.J. Howard is an amazing player. I think he's a guy that is going to be a generational talent at tight end, but he's a guy that can do everything, and he's going to do everything. He's not going to be out like catching passes every time. He's going to be out there all the time, but I feel like Brait is going to be the one going out on on uh, the high-quality routes, and, and O.J. Howard will stay in the block more. I think he's got a lot of talent, and he'll have big weeks, but – I think I feel like Brait and OJ will cannibalize each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was interesting. Last year they kept o, or OJ Howard into block a little bit more than I think people expected. Um, now, it was a pretty even split. I'm just going to run through some numbers here in terms of uh, the split between Howard and Brait. So, so Howard did end the season 26 catches, 432 yards, and six touchdowns. The six touchdowns were, were nice, and... I think on 26 receptions, um, it was nice to see that he actually, you know, had a good year in terms of catching a lot of touchdowns. So hoping to keep that number the same, just kind of up those targets and, and obviously catch some more passes as well. He did finish as the number 14 tight end in, uh, in terms of fantasy points in standard leagues last year. Um, so the big news on him now is he did injure his ankle in week 15. He spent four months rehabbing from that right ankle injury, but he should be good to go for all off season workouts. Um, he did, he had a touchdown reception as three in three of his final five games, had six red zone targets. Now Cameron Braid had 13. So we know that Jameis Winston and Braid have had a pretty good, uh, rapport over the last couple years now. And it seems that Braid is actually kind of breaking out a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple things that were encouraging too. you know, Howard did see more snaps than Brayton in every game, but two, um, but you know, OJ Howard only saw 8% of the target share while Cameron Brayton saw 13%. So 
There are, there are some good things. There are some bad things. I think the big question is, can O.J. Howard overtake Cameron Brate? He only saw Howard, that is, 39 targets last year. Brate had 77. So can we get that number a little more even? I think it will come down a little bit. I think Brate will – I think he was the number seven or eight tight end in fantasy last year. Um, I think that O.J. Howard's targets – I think that they can only go up from this point. Um, you know, in my expectations, Pat, I don't know how you feel about this. I'll get your take on this. I think that he could be somewhere – I think he could still get up around 70 or maybe 75 targets. Um, you know, Jameis Winston – Attempted 442 passes last year. We know he was hurt and left a couple games early. So I think that's a big thing. If he can stay healthy all season, he's going to see around 550 pass attempts. Hopefully that can translate with some more chemistry with O.J. Howard as well. So what what do you think? Over or under 75 targets for O.J. Howard? That might be a little bit optimistic, but I, I don't know. I came up with that number earlier, and I wanted to see how you felt about it. I think that's a little optimistic. I, I do like Howard for this year and his potential. I would be feel a lot better about him in a dynasty league where I could have him for a couple of years and just kind of see how he progresses. I do like him overall as a talent. You know, the break did just sign a big deal, but I don't think there's any kind of guaranteed money after this year. So they could, the, the Buccaneers could cut him as OJ Howard progresses, you know, and maybe O.J. Howard, to me, he's an all-around tight end, so he's going to be out there all the time. So he's going to get – his snap count's going to go up and up, and uh, he could see a lot over the next couple of years. But to me, he's a waiver wire guy. Okay, that, that's how you see him, kind of a waiver wire guy. You're not going to go out and, and draft him more than likely? No. Okay. Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, so just so – you know, for our listeners, so we know that um, – O.J. Howard was 30th in targets last year. So if he – or he was 30th, I believe the 30th – yeah, 30th in targets. So if he could get up, you know, to around 75 targets, that would put him right around 15th among tight ends in targets, um, which would definitely, you know, which would help his, um, you know, his end-of-the-year fantasy ranking as well. Now, again, Pat doesn't think that he can get up to 75. I don't know if – I don't know because – Look, they, they still have Mike Evans, and they who's going to command probably 150, 140, 150 targets, and that might be that might be even a little bit on the low end potentially if he plays all 16 games. And I think I think that um, oh shoot, Pat, help me out, Chris Godwin. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Sorry about that. I had a brain fart. Um, I think that Chris Godwin's actually going to have a, a, a pretty good year too. I, I think that Deshaun Jackson is probably, you know, I, I just don't see him being a huge part. He wasn't last year at least. I think Chris Godwin could actually have an opportunity to step up and be the second receiver in that offense. So I don't know. There's a lot to go around. So 75 might be a little bit optimistic, but if we could get, if we could get Cameron Braid up to maybe even 60 targets, you know, you're talking about a guy who goes from 30th in targets to maybe 20th. And that could certainly help his overall fantasy ranking at the end of the season. Um, okay. On to Evan Ingram. So this guy, as I mentioned, was just a monster last year in his rookie season, 109 fantasy points in 2017. 
He was one of only seven tight ends to have over 100 fantasy points. And he had 21.5% of the target share last season for the Giants. Now, I think that's the biggest thing to mention right there, Pat, is 21.5% of the target share. There's no way he can keep that up with Odell Beckham in there for a full season with Sterling Shepard in there and with them adding Saquon Barkley, right? I mean, there's just no way that he can get that much of the target share. Oh, there's no way. He let, you know, he led the league in targets for a tight end between the week six and 15, which is the weeks that he played. He got injured in week, he got injured in week 16 and Odell Beckham got injured in week five. So between those weeks, he was just a monster for targets. And he honestly didn't even catch that many. He had, what, 58%, caught 58% of his uh, his targets, yeah, which is not... inconsistent, second, for sure. Second worst among tight ends with 60 targets or more. Yeah, and to your point, uh, OBJ only played in four games last year. Brandon Marshall, who's no longer there, played in five. And Sterling Shepard played in 11. So you got to figure that's going to go down a lot. Now, how far that target share percentage is going to fall, who knows, but... I would expect it to be somewhere around maybe 15%. You know, let's say he goes down to 15%, which would equate to, you know, possibly 10 fewer catches in the long haul. You look at his 109 fantasy points last year and him being the fifth overall tight end in standard. If he were to, if that target share were to drop that much, we're looking at maybe – I don't think his numbers were outrageous where he can't repeat those. But like I, like we said, the biggest thing is you have all these other weapons to throw to. So I'm thinking 94 fantasy points, 93, somewhere in there for Evan Ingram this year, which would probably drop him to somewhere right around the 10th overall tight end, maybe 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there. So we're I, – I don't know. Pat, how do you feel about that? Do you think – I mean, do you think that he can be the number five fantasy tight end from everything you're saying? I would, I'm gathering that you think the same thing that I do. I, I might be a little more optimistic on Evan Ingram than you are. I think that while he might see a reduction in his target share, he could see a lot more quality targets now that they've got other weapons than him. He might see, he could get a lot more, he could get more touchdowns. He had six touchdowns last year, which was, is a lot, but he got a lot of, you know, he did well in his red zone targets. He could see a lot more if that offense is doing well. To me, he could. I could see him – I wouldn't see him outperforming what he did, but I could see him getting close. I think right now he's being overdrafted. Right now I have him as my sixth tight end. Okay, that's fair. And we, we, also, have to, we also have to keep in mind the tight end is not a deep position. So, you know, over the last, I think it is, four or five seasons now, or at least what I've looked back on is – you only have maybe four, five, six. It's between four and seven tight ends each season that score over 100 fantasy points, right? So it's not a deep position. It falls off pretty steeply. So as long as Evan Ingram can keep it somewhere around 100 fantasy points, give or take five or seven, he's still going to be probably a top eight tight end. He will still hold his value if he can get you there. And I feel like he's yep. he's almost I wouldn't want to say he's safe, but I feel like pretty good about him where he's at compared do to you, the guys who come after him. What do you have his ADP? Do you know what he's looking like? Right now I have I have his ADP right now as this uh mid sixth round, which is a little high for me. I feel like I'd rather either higher guys or the or just wait until taking the last tight end. Because I feel like there's a lot of mid round tight ends I'd be happy with. 
So that's PPR, I assume? Yeah. Redraft? Okay. Okay. In a dynasty, I did have him a little higher. I had him as my fifth tight end. But I before the Hunter Henry injury, he moved, that moved him up one. But, yeah. I like him a lot. I like him a lot in... Um, in dynasty because I feel like he's the guy that could be the, you know, the next Zach Ertz, Kelsey, Gronkowski, Olsen type of guy, the long-term good tight end. Cool. So we're both bats a little bit higher than on Evan Ingram than I am this year. I think he could fall three or four spots. Pat's probably holding him uh, probably two spots at most, I would say from what I'm gathering here, but could easily end up again as maybe even the number five tight end. So He's definitely going to be, I would fire up Evan Ingram as your tight end one. So if you're looking at this as, hey, oh, wow, like OBJ is going to come in here and steal all these targets and Sterling Shepard's going to take all these targets and Saquon Barkley is going to take every all these targets, just keep in mind that Evan Ingram is a big-time talent. And he was drafted in the first round for a reason of the NFL draft, that is. So keep that in mind. He's a big-time target, and Eli found a nice rapport with him last season. So... um don't don't get too down on Evan Ingram. I think is our advice probably. Don't don't you know? Yeah, d- don't get don't get too high on him, but don't kind of keep him where he was last year, right right in that kind of range. So, um, so yeah, we're uh, we're still feeling pretty good about Evan Ingram. Uh, the last fantasy weapon taken in the first round of the 2017 draft, David Njoku to the Cleveland Browns. So, um, he's a guy who. Pat, I'm going to let you kind of take this away. So I'm going to just give a few tidbits, but I want you to tell our listeners a lot about David Njoku, how you feel about him this year. Tell her, I want you to tell our listeners, too, about how you feel about him in a dynasty draft as well as this year in a redraft league. Um, now, just to let everybody know, he did finish as the number 20 tight end in 2017, 32 catches, 386 yards, and four touchdowns. Um he was, you know, he was fighting for a lot of snaps, so they had kind of a three-headed monster at tight end. I think, I hope I'm saying his name right. Seth DeValve um, saw 531 snaps to 501 snaps for Njoku. Um, so he only started in five games. He did lead the team with nine red zone targets, so that that's good. But I think it could probably only go up from here because I I got to imagine they still think he's a very good talent and they're going to want to see him on the field more. Um, but, Pat, I'm going to turn this over to you. Tell us uh, tell us a little bit more about David Njoku. So Njoku is a guy that's extremely athletic, and he has a lot of talent, but, you know, he hasn't shown it yet. Last year, he only he played less than 50% of the snaps, but about 47. It, it honestly didn't go up that much as the year went on. I mean, he had a terrible catch rate, 51%, even worse than Evan Ingram. He was only catching half the balls thrown at him, but then again, half the balls thrown at him were 90 feet above his head because Deshaun Kaiser's absolutely terrible. So you kind of got to give him a little bit of a break for that, but, you know, not good, not good. Um, he's a guy that, honestly, he's uh, he has one of the biggest um, ranges of outcomes I could see in the league because he's, he's, I feel like he's very talented, but who knows who, either Tyrod or Baker Mayfield is going to lock onto. They've got a lot of talent in on that team. I don't I hate this weird to say this about the Browns, but they're loaded with 
you know, with talent at the skill positions. I love Duke Johnson. Carlos Hyde is a great running back. I feel like, um, you know, Josh Gordon could be a stud in this league if he could just stay off the pot. Jarvis Plus Nick Chubb. Nick, yeah, Nick Chubb. He's, a, he, he's pretty good. Uh, I would definitely we're, take him last right. out of all three of those guys. But um, Yeah, we're not expecting Nick Chubb to do anything this year, but in, in dynasty formats, he's still going to be probably a – a weapon in that offense and uh and uh jarvis landry he's gonna be a guy to catch a lot in you never even know what could come of Corey coleman or antonio calloway so this there's a lot of people here to feed but Najoka could be one of those guys he's to me he's like a lottery ticket if you're gonna wait till the last last person to take a tight end why not blow it on the joku and see what happens the first couple weeks yeah um what did we expect? What can we expect? What can fantasy owners expect potentially from a realistic target share for Najoku in year two? I mean, again, it's hard to say. I could see him getting, you know, one of the top targets here. Like he could, he could catch. I feel like he could catch a lot of touchdowns and be very dynamic in the middle of the field. Maybe even be the number two wide receiver. It just depends on how, who, whatever quarterback starts and whatever quarterback locks on to whoever I mean, you don't know. It's just a completely different offense. They've got a new offensive coordinator. They've got a completely different quarterbacks, a lot of new guys in that offense. So it's kind of just up in the air to me. I wouldn't till late though. I just want to interject and say, we've seen Todd Haley work in tight ends a little bit here and there, but Pittsburgh also didn't have, uh, necessarily a feature tight end who is extremely extremely athletic and could be a focal point so that's that's very interesting that you bring that up that you know Haley is now running the show there so so we'll see but um I guess are you are you still are you kind of viewing Najoku as an OJ Howard type of guy who you're probably not going to end up drafting in any format no I would prefer to have Najoku over Howard I would take Njoku. If I was in a 12-team league and I waited till the last person to take a tight end, and if nobody else would take one, I'd take Njoku. I would much, I would more, I would rather have Njoku than Gasecki, Howard, you know, um, guys like Tyler Eifert now that he's not, you know, but he's had a lot of injury issues and Vance McDonald, Jack Doyle. What about a lot like of these George, guys? What about like George Kittle, probably? George Kittle is right above Njoku for me. I like George Kittle a lot. Okay. Yeah. He could be uh he could do big things with the Niners this He's, year. I, I am high on George Kittle. I know Njoku you are. is I like though. Yeah. That offense could be uh, pretty awesome too. And I know I always talk about things I things pop up to me like all the time and I'm like, Oh, I want to talk about this on a podcast. I want to talk about this on a podcast and like that's one thing like the Niners, like we, we got to cover that at some point. Cause man, yeah. that could be just an awesome show to think about what they went from a couple of years ago when, who was it? Tom Sula was their head coach. And like, that was right when Harbaugh left, like how bad they were. And now they could I mean, be, how good they were when Harbaugh was, there. and then Harbaugh was there and they were that good. Now, then they were so bad. And now what they could be with Garoppolo at the helm, like they could be really good. So, um, We'll talk, definitely, definitely will talk about that in future episodes. Okay, so that's all we have for uh, for the second year guys, at least the first rounders. Now, we're probably going to touch on some other guys from, from the 2017 draft, more second year guys, um, guys in the middle round. So some of the bigger guys like Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, those are two big names who, 
you know, really had awesome rookie seasons, but what can we expect in year two and moving forward? Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting, I know Pat, you had some guys too, from the 2017 draft who were really, you were really interested in talking about too. Well, you talked about a lot of the guys I was excited about. Yeah. I, I like thought you, Juju. you I talked about, who was your, who was your favorite QB? You said your favorite QB was oh, from that draft. Trubisky. Oh, Trubisky. <laughs> that was the first guy we talked about. I know. I forgot about that. All right. Anyway, I'm going to ignore you for right now. <laughs> Let's talk. All right. I put together some true and false and over-unders. Um, so, Pat, I'm going to ask you. I, mean, I got three true and false, three over-unders for this season. First one, going back to the Packers' backfield. True or false, Aaron Jones will lead the Packers in carries this season. I think that'll be true, but um, if you ask me if he led the team in touches, I don't know if I'd be so sure. Who is that going to be? As in running back touches. Ty Montgomery? I mean, I think Ty Montgomery could outpace him in carries plus catches. I could definitely see that too, honestly. That's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. True or false, Carson Wentz will finish as the season as a top five quarterback. True. I love Carson Wentz. I do too. Love him. I drafted him in our dynasty league, and I'm super, I'm super excited. Kind of jealous about of that, but I can't imagine Tom Brady or I mean Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm both very good, but yep, Tom Brady's dirt. Okay, true or false? Michael Gallup. I don't know where I pulled this one from. This is it's completely random. It just kind of popped into my head because I was trying to think of the receivers in Dallas this year. Other outside of your boy Alan Hearns, they got absolutely nobody. So, true or false, Michael Gallup will lead the Cowboys in receptions in his rookie season. Hey, don't be hating on the truth, Cole Beasley. <laughs> don't say, I don't think you dare is, tell me I it's going to be Cole false. Beasley. It's going to be Hearns. Hearns is going to lead the league. I knew he's you were going to Now, lead the league in targets. No, he's going to lead the uh, Cowboys in targets. It's going to lead. I think he, it's going to be, so it's going to be gonna, Alan Hearns and then Antonio Brown and then. Julio? No, it's going to be Hearns and then Gallup. <laughs> and then and, and then Antonio. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in other news, we're expecting probably about 650 pass attempts from uh, Dak Prescott this season. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to run the ball at all with Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> no. Anyway. All right. Enough of this silliness. So over-unders, the Browns. So Michael Gallup, really quickly, sorry. So you think Alan Hearns, in all seriousness, is going to lead the Bra- I do. Cowboys I do. and targets? Okay. I could definitely see that, I too. Like, I like Hearns a lot this year. Yeah, I don't necessarily like picking a rookie wide receiver to come out and just have an, you know, lead a team in targets in his rookie year because we've seen outside of that year, what was it, when Mike Evans and them came into the league, a lot of times rookie wide receivers um, have their ups and downs in their first season. So I would probably agree with you there. Over under on the Browns win total, and I'm gonna go with four. Four wins over under. I'm gonna say over. I'm going to pick them to finish third in the division. Who, Bold. Bengals last. Bold. I'm not gonna pick which team. I think one of those two is gonna crash. I think either of them could. Oh, okay. Um, I don't like either. I don't like either team. I'm gonna say under. But I think one of them could do worse. I do. Uh, well. You know what? I don't know now. I was going to say 3-13, and 13, but I don't know. 
I might go with you on that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, over under Demarius Thomas, who I posted this on, I tweeted this yesterday. Demar- or actually today, this morning. Demarius Thomas has had 140 targets in six straight seasons. Six. That's unbelievable. Target monster. Big time PBR, PPR guy. So Demarius Thomas will have 100, another 140 target season for the seventh straight year, true or false. I'm going to say that's true. I like him. I like him as a sleeper this year. People are people are doubting him. He's one of those guys that I feel like is going to be a Matt Forte back in the Bears days where just people would hate on him, and he'd just keep producing. Are you just always back there quietly? Are you a little worried that – I like him. So my only concern with Demaryius Thomas is he's 30 years old now, and he's had some foot and ankle things going on, and yeah. he might have lost a step. Do you feel that way? It's possible. I feel like he's a guy that, yeah, but he's another, he's a tough guy. He'll play through it if he can. I don't, I don't, I expect him to be on the field no matter what happens. It's just, he is a guy that gets injured. Yeah. I, but I feel like he, right now he's being underdrafted for what he could do. And he's going to get those targets either way. He's got a much better quarterback situation this year than he did last year. Yeah. He's interesting because they have a lot of young targets there who, might not be factors in for another year. And Demarius Thomas probably isn't going to be in a Broncos uniform after this season. Neither is Emmanuel Sanders. So I think that he could still be a really main focal point this year. I would probably count on it. If you can get him in like the third round of like a 12 team, I would probably be pretty happy with that in a PPR. Um, Agreed. If you if he was your if he was your second wide receiver, I would love that. Yeah. Or, you know, even if you're going to go out and get like, Oh, I don't know if you're able to get like uh, Fournette and, and McCaffrey, and then you want to use you get Thomas as maybe your first receiver. That's yeah, not completely. I wouldn't awful hit either. that either. Okay. Um. All right. Well, Pat, thanks so much. That's all we have for today. I really appreciate you coming on, buddy. Um. But, oh wait, 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 wait. I'm so sorry. I did totally forget. Okay. Uh, so Pat, I'm going to turn our hosts, my host duties over to Pat for a minute. He wanted to bring up a couple other things that, uh, from the fantasy world that, um, we were going to go over. So Pat, I'll turn it over to you. Go ahead. All right. What I wanted to ask you, buddy, was who do you prefer out of these guys? These are guys that I've been kind of real close in my rankings on at running back. Uh, so we got Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins. Derek Henry and Jay Ajayi. Yeah, so so you know how I feel. You know how I feel about Jay Ajayi, and I just I I just don't like Jay Ajayi for whatever reason. And I know some people think that he could be much more of a focal point for the Eagles this season. I personally don't see it because I think that they just have. I think that they just want Carson Wentz to be the absolute like gunslinger and guy in that offense. I don't see them running the ball even 18 or 20 times with the Jaya game, but we'll see. Um, I've been getting a little bit more on the Kenyon Drake, you know, bandwagon at, in the last couple of weeks, and I wasn't at all. I'm a, I'm kind of high on Derrick Henry um, a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I still want to see more from him, but we didn't get a chance to see it because of. DeMarco Murray's presence and I really actually like Alex Collins a lot as long as he doesn't fumble so 
if I had to rank those four guys, this is tough because I feel like all those guys are fairly close. I think because of the Titans situation and the way that they, I believe, are going to be committed to the run, I'm going to go Derrick Henry 1, Kenyon Drake 2. Is this PPR or standard? PPR format? PPR. Okay. I'll go Kenyon Drake 2, Collins 3. If it's standard, I'm going Collins 2. Henry 1, Collins 2 in a standard. But I'll go Drake 2 in a, in a PPR, Collins 3, and JJ can go somewhere else. He, he'll be 4. <laughs> you know, I love Jai. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's got a lot of potential this year, man. I think he, he could does. I think he could. I, I think catchers. he has potential too. I'm just. I don't know. I'm not that high on him. Yeah. And and honestly, I was really low on Derrick Henry, but after my favorite scout came out and talked about him this week and said he has a lot of potential in this new um, new offense, I'm starting to change my tune again. If you guys can check out Brett Coleman on YouTube, he's a. He's right, amazing. Pat, I got to stop you there, though. You got time for one more? Do you got something else? We got time for one more, and then we got to wrap this up. All right, so. I have one more true false for you here. Juju will be a top 20 wide receiver in PPR again this year. True or false? I'm going to say false. Now, i got to look a little bit closer at my rankings. I think he's going to fall just a little bit outside of that. Um, I probably have him somewhere in the same range as like uh, probably Emmanuel Sanders. Does that make sense a little bit? Yes. No. Not at all. No? No, I have Emmanuel Sanders 37 and Juju 21. You have Sanders that low? See, I think he could be a little bit more of a factor in the Broncos' offense. I got Juju right below Demarius Thomas. I am not quite as high on Juju yet, only because Antonio Brown's still there. and I, I just don't think that Juju can get like... 130 targets yet, but I agree. I think he can get 100 targets, which is probably Would you, it's probably going to equate to like 70, 75 catches. Would you rather have Juju or Watkins? I would probably rather have Juju because I trust their offense more, and we've seen the really bad Sammy Watkins. And we know how bad we know how bad Sammy Watkins can be when he's really bad. How about Juju or Gordon? I'll take Josh Gordon because I'm really like high it, on so him. That's why I asked. Yeah, I have to look at. I have to probably take a little bit closer look at my rankings to see just where I want Juju to be. But I, if, if you had to ask me that right now, I would say he's probably a little bit outside. I agree. I got him at 21 right now, but I feel like he's being overdrafted. Yeah, like, is why I asked that question. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, just off the top of my head, like I would rather have Golden Agreed. Tate. Agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look at it more. But we are out of time. So I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to another edition of Pad the Stats. And I probably won't have another podcast for you this week. I'm leaving on vacation tomorrow. I'll be back early next week. But definitely have a podcast for you the middle of next week. And um, I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. We'll figure that out. But 
again, thanks for stopping in. Pat, thanks again for being my guest tonight. Thanks really appreciate it. Some good information for everybody. Uh, hopefully you took a little bit away from our tight end talk and have a little bit clearer picture on those three guys especially. And, of course, Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes too. So um, everybody have a great night from Pad the Stats, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>